What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion. I'm your host, Andrew. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for today's very special live episode of the show. We're trying to do a few of these a month where we bring our guests to you live here on Twitch. I'm very excited to bring you a very awesome guest today. But before we get to her, I want to give a big shout out to a new sponsor of the show. Very excited to say that Hero Forge is sponsoring Roll for Persuasion now. And I'm so excited because yesterday in the mail, I got this little box and uh, ignore what green screen's doing. Check out the little Hero Forge logo. This is some of the cool stuff they sent me. We're going to be doing a stream about this a little bit later. But uh, if you backed their Kickstarter for their color minis, they sent me a sample of one of those color minis. I don't know if my camera's going to pick it up. Oh, oh, no, get my face out of the way. Trust me, it's cool. Even if you can't see it, it's pretty awesome. They make um, just some of the coolest customizable minis for your D&D tabletop games. Uh, just super, super awesome. I've been using them literally for years since I started playing D&D. Uh, every kind of species you could think of, uh, armor, weapons, frying pans, candles, I don't know, they have them. You can put them on your character and they are super cool and we are uh, very grateful that they are supporting the show because they help make this stream happen. Uh, these lights that make me look way better than I normally do um, are thanks to them because we can make just some really cool shit thanks to the people at Hero Forge. And so can you by going to heroforge.com. Uh, the links will be in chat, so keep an eye out for that. Very cool people and I guess they think we're cool too. So thanks guys, super glad to have you on board. And so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get to it because this show is all about chatting with cool creatives in the tabletop space. And I've been super privileged to talk to some awesome people and I have one of those incredibly awesome people with me here today. So let's uh, go ahead and bring her on in. Christina, what is going on? Hi, nice to be here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. I can hear you pretty good. I can hear you pretty good. We're all uh, we're getting we're all pretty used to at this point. I feel like the doing everything via video chat um, in our lives. Like I I could probably got buy groceries via Zoom at this point. So no, you sound great. Thanks. So I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna you know try and list every single thing you have going on. Give me a quick rundown of like everything you told me a bit before we started, but like everything that you're doing like in the tabletop space right now. Just like bullet pointed go. Oh, okay. So I'll go in order for this week. I have the announcement for Into the Motherlands. I was yesterday. That's yes, super yeah, exciting. We'll talk about that. Um, some really awesome people involved in that. Uh, tomorrow, so Wednesday, uh, we have the premiere of Pirates of Leviathan on Dimension 20's Dropout. And or dropouts dimension 20. I think I said that wrong, but you know what? It all makes sense. You know, if you go at dropout, it'll take you to where you're supposed to go. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, we just wrapped up season one of Denver by night and in the process of hopefully talking about a season two, I've got rise of the veiled Alliance, which is about to come back. I'm very excited about that. That's our dark sun game and it's DM mm -hmm. by Jonathan Fry. Um, uh, got a lot of, uh, eggs in the basket yeah if yeah. uh if live stream games could be like quantified in little gold coins you would be like the the tabletop live stream version of like scrooge mcduck swimming through like a giant pool filled with live stream games because you're you're doing like so many which is awesome right I, I always think about that and my feeling in that is scrooge had all that money and he chose to like dive in coins, which just looks super painful. But 
Kazam, Pass. which doesn't get the love that it deserves. The movie with Shaq where he plays a genie. Like yeah. there was a pool full of candy, and I'm like, that's my goals. I felt like that was really Why important like to say. Dirty, painful money. Like if you could, if you could have been in like, I was about to say Jolly Ranchers, but I feel like that would be terrible. Just candy. Now, real, real I have quick. Lemon Jolly Ranchers t- in my desk. Sorry. See, no, see, that's uh, Starburst. I think would be my go-to for swimming in candy. Personally, uh, just a pool of pink Starburst. That would just be me. But Kazam, okay, t- this is totally, and I apologize to anyone watching live. Um, Shazam with Sinbad. Did that movie happen? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking? I know. Exactly like that was a thing, right? Yeah. Allegedly, it didn't. Allegedly, it's just a thing we all made up. If you go and Google it, Sinbad's like, no, I never made that movie, and you can't find a copy of it anywhere. I swear. Or maybe it's one of those things where your mind tricked you, so it was like there was the movie Sinbad, and you automatically right. assume you mix up those two things, and you just replace Sinbad know. with Sinbad and Pirates. Yeah. I just, I, I remember when Kazam came out, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. They just did Shazam with, with Sinbad. I swear I saw it on the Disney Channel, like, but I was seven years old, so who knows. Anyway, this is what I've been deep diving in on conspiracy theories on the internet lately is whether Shazam actually existed because apparently it didn't. Well, Kazam is on Disney Plus, so go. See, maybe Shaq worked some magic. I don't know. Go get your Shaq Fu on. <laughs> right. Deep dive. Uh, deep, deep cut. Um, well, let's let's take it all back because my because I remember at first kind of becoming aware of you like in the tabletop gaming space. Um, probably I think when you were on honey heist, no, you know what it was, you had a tweet about going to, uh, like going to a gaming, like, uh, a gaming shop for like some dice or something and a bunch of kind of, uh, you know, kind of stereotypical, like nerd people being like, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? And you're like, my DM Satin Phoenix. Um, no, 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 no. Cause I got so many, like to the point, like I got harassed for that thing forever. I'd go that whole tweet was like just a joke of the situation because it was like like oh do you like do you understand Dungeons and Dragons I was like yeah like I play and they're like they start like slowly explaining like the mechanic like all these things <laughs> right. and I'm like no I understand the game and it's like and like I like as a joke like I said something about Satine the whole thing like got like there were dudes that like I'm sure like just for the sake of it being like a dude in the story decided to be like fuck you bitch like I mean like it was like oh super gosh. aggressive and heinous and it was like if you can see That's like when I when I post this I'm usually it's in jest if I'm putting a gif of myself in a thing it's in jest and right. like it was legitimately like it was a situation that yeah was a little awkward but I like didn't say anyone's names or shame anyone in there. Like you should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, what the fuck right. is wrong with y'all? Like take 47 chill pills right now, bro. And like 50 steps back. Well, see, that's like super unfortunate. Cause I was just like, that's really funny. And then I moved on with my life and I was like, Oh, she's on honey heist. I'm like, Oh, she's on everything. That's super you see cool. How that works? So like <laughs> it's, you know, you just enjoy something to move on. I don't know why people can't, uh, can't quite grasp that. But, um, so how did you, how did you get into, I mean, like you said, you, you play, you kind of know what you're doing clearly. How did you get into D and D or just like gaming in general? What was kind of like the first memory for you? Like the first time you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to play this game. So you mean games in general or tabletop? Let's say both. Let's say both. Like what was kind of the, the intro just experience to nerd world, if you will. I had a name, one of my babysitters had an Atari. So Playing that, mm. we, I think the best was my, I think it was my sister's like eighth birthday. 
And I remember like we were at my grandma's house. I remember the decorations. I remember this big box wrapped in newspaper and it was a Super Nintendo and we got Super Mario World and it was just like the most it was her present, but it was it was our present. Yeah. In that way. And just like uh, the excitement of just like playing it for hours was just incredible right. and then we had x-men there's a tabletop x-men game that my family okay. used to play and which was lost a couple of years back and i did an interview with james hudson and he found a copy of it for me for his show starting role and got me a new copy of it because it was really special to me and my dad so i thought that was really yeah. cool because it's really hard to find that's super awesome and then yeah, with, i had no idea anything like that existed yeah yeah it's great i was like send you a picture of it but there's a um with D and like I was cosplaying and like some of the stuff I had done the video with the library bards and there was like a gif of me as a horror like that Mobius made and like people started finding like that and then my Wonder Woman like spinning gif like people saw yeah. those and like oh da, da, da. and I ended up Mobius ends up saying hey I think you should meet Satine Phoenix who I like followed on the internet and was like anyway because she's just like yeah magic person right and we went and had lunch and she was like oh have you ever thought about playing it's like oh i've always wanted to get into those kinds of games but there was never really an outlet and it's not really the easiest thing to be a black woman and go into a store and be like hey like teach me how to play this game when you have to like right you they can let you to the they can let you sit down at the table but it doesn't mean you're welcome sure and uh, like she invited me to her table like we talked about it joked haha and I played my first like live D and D game on stream for Sirens that first episode. Oh wow! So you just like dove in like head first hardcore. Yeah, that's how to do things. For me, anyway, that's how I learn. I just have to do stuff. You can like talk to me about it all day yeah. long, but I need to do it for myself. And I like dove head first into this, and here we are. I'm talking to you about stuff and things that still seem impossible <laughs> right and, and and like you said like and we'll talk about motherlands at some point i'm sure but you know you have a whole like new show just with freaking awesome people um about to launch like that's super cool you went from i'm just gonna dive in head first and try it to i think you actually listed before we were recording you listed not only uh like the live games you have but the different games you're just in with people and it was like a list of like 10 different things so you're just like getting to play all the time like that's got to be pretty cool well i will say like quarantine time is different so i could say those games were yesterday and it's probably like a couple of weeks because mama's got a baby and it's i have like very set times where it's like i'm gonna do this thing i'm committing to it i'm committing to this and Mm -hmm. like that is my time to kind of maintain my individuality like my husband is a parent too so he goes and he does his part and i take my time and like that's my outlet dnd is my job and my outlet and because it's very healing and cathartic and it's for sure amazing so you you mentioned uh you know one of the gifts of of like your your wonder woman or whatever you do some freaking awesome cosplay um so you you cosplay you're in these shows um how did you kind of get into the you know obviously you got into like the live streaming thing like with Satine, but how did you get kind of into the performance like like personality side of it if that makes sense like how did that did that just kind of evolve naturally out of some of those like connections and things that you were doing? Yeah. Honestly, everything has been organic and the like yeah. it all starts with 
when I did the library bards video, I was still working in real estate. I was the education coordinator at this place. And like, I just worked with realtors <laughs> and yeah. then one day I ended up leaving and I was like, I'm not going to do anything else. That's not an entertainment. Yeah. Like I like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit. And cause I just moved to LA from Columbus, Georgia in 2014. Oh, wow. So November of 2014, I was like, I'm not going to sell cars anymore. I'm not going to work at a bar. I'm going to pack up my car and I'm going to move across country. So I moved to California in November 2014 and like started dating my husband like the month after well, he wasn't my husband then. And then just like got engaged, was getting married and was like, okay, I'm just going to like settle into like this life of going to this office. Da, 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 da. And then in 2000 and Seven, 2017 I did the Library Bards video for Now You Have the Bridge mm -hmm. Spock and played their Ahura and of course Xander and Bonnie like they're all of these things like I know Bonnie from the Magic Castle because my husband's a magician Oh, cool. and then we met in this nerd sphere and like all of our stuff it's very incestuous this community <laughs> right. it's um like I mean we all like have met at different parts and you may not know you're going to see somebody but like then all of a sudden it's like oh my god it's you like all of these interactions and it's all just kind of people came into my life and opportunities came into my life and I just appreciated all of them including the people That's super cool. There's there's a lot to be said for like not only being in the right place at the right time. I think lots of people are often in what we would call the right place at the right time, but they're not ready to act on it or they don't kind of recognize that that's what that is or they haven't like built up, you know, the relationships or, or whatever it might be for those moments to be capitalized on. Um, so it's really cool when you have those, all the crossroads converge at just the right point, right? And you're able to go, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll go down that road. Sure. You know, I'm ready for that. Let's go. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, I, this is what I, I am a born entertainer. I was born to make people smile and to speak to people like words are my thing and music and to yeah. have an outlet to get that out into the world. And not only that, to have a platform that it's provided. Like I didn't know any of that stuff was going to happen. I had like 33 followers in 2017. Like I, I didn't right. know any of this stuff was going to happen. I can't control any of those things that happen. Like people are receptive to me. They want to work with me or like, or they don't. And uh, like, I just yeah. accept it either way. And I just continue to work hard and grind. And like, I'm, I've, I've decided I'm not going to like downplay, like I'm talented. I like, yeah, I have talent sure. and like that speaks as much as my hard work does. And yeah. like, I know that I've earned the things that I have and I've fought for them and I'm going to continue to do so because I'm able to do what I love and I don't know how I got into the position that I am, but it's obviously for some reason. If I like think sure. about like for me, like that's how I feel about it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. What's for you won't pass you. So this is obviously for me. Something else may not be for me, but this is for me. I also grew up on the song what God has for me at church. So it's like, mm -hmm. child, just playing it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There, there's something, um, I don't think freeing is the best word. Something like that. There's something very empowering about like realizing or accepting like, like what you just did, like saying like, you know what, I'm talented. I deserve to be here. Like the reason I'm successful is because I do X well. 
Um, I think lots of times, especially, I don't know, at least, at least in, in, in my sphere, I often hear people actively downplaying not so much like their success, but really themselves. They're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing this, but it's really because so-and-so gave me a chance and I just, you know, I'm really, really lucky and I kind of fell into it. And, you know, like the imposter syndrome thing plays, plays in for sure. But there is something very empowering about going, you know what? No, like I, I saw an opportunity and I went for it or I practiced and I worked really hard and I'm, I'm talented and that's why this works for me. Um, like believing in yourself and in the gifts you have, I think is a very, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah. And I mean, like for everything to converge in the way that it has, like that's what my path was meant to do and whatever yours is meant for, like you just have to stay the course and grind and do what you do. It's like, you have a passion for something like seize that passion, realistically seize your passion. That is how I feel about life. Realistically seize your passion. And that's, accepting when you need to work harder that's accepting when you need to study more that's accepting when like you're not going to get this because it's not yours yeah and to also not take that and be like oh i'm so happy for you but i'm so jealous or like all of those things because like we have to learn to let people enjoy their moment as many people as you know of in the dnd community like even matt and marisha and like different people that talk about this imposter syndrome myself like you feel like you don't belong in that room but you do like you know like these people like this is where they're supposed to be and it's hard to like like when people do take that moment to be like hey i'm working on this i'm really proud of it like showing that appreciation for it because like it takes a lot to put something out there and hope that people respond positively because it's your art and you want them to yeah. support that. And so you already have all of those feelings confirmed with it, but then someone's like, Oh, I'm jealous. And you're like, no, like that's not what I did this for. Like, that's not like the feeling I like will hope to evoke. And I mean, you can't control the people's yeah. feelings, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's sure. like yeah, yeah, being, sure. being understanding of the fact that some of those things are really hard. So sometimes don't make the joke. Say good job. Say great yeah. work. Like, give people their flowers, man. <laughs> like, yeah. In life, like, there's, we, I feel like all of this, like, quarantine and COVID and everything, it's, it just teaches you, like, those things are important. The people are important. That following your dreams is important. That being the person that you are is important. And, human connection is important and if how you connect to other humans is through art like it's very deeply personal to put stuff out into the world even for you with your podcast like you're talking to people about something you're passionate about like you're you're engaging in passion with people like you don't this conversation doesn't have a syllabus or we're not saying oh we're only going to talk about this we're going to talk about this it's just a free-flowing conversation because those conversations are coming from a passionate and honest place and i think that's important and understanding like to take a moment to just celebrate people for a minute like say good job like yeah. just we're so quick to be like oh i had this criticism of this oh i'm super excited about this project but it'd be so much better if so and so was in it it'd be so much better if this person right. and I, it's just important to not put yourself in other people's happy yeah. Their happy doesn't yeah. give to you or take away from you. 
Like, yeah, sure, you can, like, feel a feeling for it, but their success is not your failure. And I think we have to start looking at stuff like that. Like, this success is not your failure. You can be genuinely and wholly happy for another person and not contingent on, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Because it's, and it's hard to do that with the internet with, like, so, oh my god look at this announcement this announcement this announcement like even for me yeah. this week like i to put up that post last night and be like hey uh this is the stuff i'm working on like i put that up and expect the worst like because i don't expect yeah. people to be for happy for me at this point <laughs> like i mean right. I've, like a genuine like that it's without it, a backhanded kind of thing yeah and it's weird <laughs> I say it's weird. It happens so much that maybe it's not weird, but, um, Tanya tweeted something the other day. What was it? Uh, hold on. Um, Oh gosh, come on. Who was it? T-Pain tweeted something about like looking for, you know, creators to help like, like support and like get up on Twitch or something. Right. And, and Tanya tweeted like, Hey, I do cool stuff. Like put my hand up. And somebody was like, you're already partner. You should put your hand down. And there's this whole idea of like this idea that there is limited success and so we all have to like, you know, fight over it. And like, I saw that person's response. And I was like, that's just, that's just like ridiculous. Like every, everybody, I don't know. We like, it is a good thing that we are all striving to grow and, and be better and, and be bigger and kind of, you know, do our thing better. And the idea that, that someone else viewing success or especially in the world of the internet where there are millions of people as like a finite resource that we need to hoard. And that if somebody gets some of it, that you have to resent them for it. And that you have to then try and scrabble to take it away from them. Like it's, I don't know, it's such like a, it's such like a sad place to mindset to stay in, you know? I feel there are enough niche markets in or niche markets in the world. There's something for everyone. Like people are drawn to people because of personality. People are drawn to people because yeah. of the way they look. People are drawn, but like say what you have to say. What you have to say is important to someone. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just you, even if there's only one person that you're affected by. But I'm not going to limit myself, nor is Tanya going to limit herself when we've fought hard enough to be in the positions that we are. Right. We didn't come to this to be like, hey, happy with the bare minimum. Discontinue all aspirations in life. For what? For what? I am working my butt off and I'm still sitting at a table that is predominantly white. So why am I going to stop taking up those spaces and making sure that I have a seat at the table because then I can shake the table and add more chairs. Right. And that's important to remember. Like we don't come into this stuff and say, Oh, we are, we're here to disrupt. And I mean, well, fuck I am sometimes because (laughs) there had change has to start somewhere and it has to continue. But people saying, yeah. oh, don't take this opportunity because this company did. If black people didn't work with everybody that was problematic or offensive, we probably wouldn't fucking work. Right. Like, but we can't make change unless we are in the building. We can't. Mm. And yes, we can create our own buildings. We can grow our own stuff. But at a certain point, like if you understand how money works, you still have to go <laughs> to certain people to get funding to do this or you can go the master P route and do it like hustle it old school style and build a business and make sure everybody, you know, has something in their name, but like we're trying to right. build and grow. 
And so why you would say, oh, like, like, don't don't stay in your lane, me or my friends. Tanya is one of the most hardest working people I know. But mm -hmm. just because you see us on this stream, this stream, da, 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 that doesn't mean that people aren't trying to lowball us or not pay us or right. say, hey, like, right. come take this thing and I'll pay you an exposure. Like uh, exposure does not buy diapers. Exposure does not buy food. No, nope. I have a child mm -hmm. and a whole ass family. To take care of i'm not gonna be like oh i'm not gonna continue to be successful because i hurt your fucking feelings mm -hmm. like my like it shouldn't hurt your feelings to see me do well because it's not right. taking anything away from you <laughs> like and if it if it does it's saying something about you like the person feeling that way not not you right right like like if, if i feel that way towards you it's because there's something wrong with me Right. About my mindset or my, you know, sense of entitlement or whatever that someone else's success I feel infringed on. Yeah. Right. Or you like or you just don't like me. And that's OK, too. I'm not sure. for everybody. Yeah. I am not for everybody. And I don't want to be because I like. I, I see there's so much negativity right now. And I don't mean negativity mm -hmm. as in talking about racism, which is some people's default of like, oh, that's too much negativity. It's like, no. It's yeah. too much talk about justice that doesn't apply to you and therefore it's not your problem. It doesn't affect anybody you know except for me, mm. but I'm easily right offable because you still don't even realize that your mindset is still saying, look at this three-fifths of a person because you don't see black people mm. as whole people. So you don't have space for my struggle, for my trauma because it makes you feel bad about yourself. And that's where we go back into what we were talking about earlier with generational guilt versus generational trauma. And these yeah. two things are butting heads in people and there's people are just asking for an acknowledgement of the pain and to make changes to things that we all have countless studies that show like systemic racism is this thing to show that these right. mindsets still exist to see the number of times that people are like oh well i wasn't being racist it was a joke and they use that to write it off and to invalidate your right. feelings and say well, you're hurting my feelings by calling me out for calling you out. So I watch Big Brother, right? I love it. It's great. Watch it every yeah. summer as a family. And I mean, so there's a situation where this girl, she puts the two black girls in the house because they only do like three black people at most a season. Big Brother. OK, four. But yeah. like they get all get eliminated and people are like, they're so aggressive. They're so violent. They're so and it's right. like all this stuff. And it'll be like she put ice in a cup. And they're like, she yeah. attacked me. And the thing was, she did this. And sh then she followed them around, the white lady that put them up. She followed them around yeah. to try to get them to make her feel better about putting them up to be eliminated. Like, she was right. demanding that they make her feel better. And so many times, like, that is a true thing that we have to deal with all the time, is that me calling you out for racism or for a racist action think more about what the action was that caused me to use this word versus mm -hmm. that's a bad word that hurts my feelings. Right. It's, it's an honest thing. You showed a discriminatory action. You showed a microaggressive action and I'm telling you so that you can be better. I'm not telling you to hurt you. I'm telling you so that you can be better so that I don't have to cut you out of my motherfucking life. Right. Like I am trying to help you grow as a person like that opportunity right there. That isn't that is an opportunity when someone calls you out for a behavior, but you double down on it and then you continue to double down and then play mm -hmm. the victim of it and then say. Here's 
I'm going to tag in X, Y, Z who knows that I'm not that kind of person. I don't know that motherfucker. They are not me. They don't speak for me. Your black friend does not speak for me. Like, so calling in another black person's opinion or feeling about a situation and they are okay with X, Y, Z doesn't mean that I am or have to be. Right. But we'll be. It's like active tokenizing. You're like saying, oh, no, we'll see this example of, of what I believe black people should think. Uh, they say I'm okay. And so I'm going to sit with this definition and not listen to you or your experience or anything that happened right now because this is what makes me comfortable and feel safe. Yes. Not taking into account that in a lot of those situations, there's code switching that's happening and you are having right. to bite your tongue and feelings before you can express how you feel, especially in an, a corporate office setting. You have something and someone is like calling you aggressive for being forceful about a project that you've worked on or about saying, hey, like this was my project, my idea. You're not going to take that and claim it as your own. Oh, they're so violent, aggressive. And then you become the aggressor automatically because your skin color is seen as an attack before you've even made a move or said anything. You have to catch up with their opinion of you and then deal with, oh, like they're one of the good ones. Oh, you're not like other black people and stuff like that. Those little tiny comments that they don't realize are racist as fuck. And you're like, hey, right. like maybe don't say this. <gasps> Why would you say that to me? Why would you tell? And then the tears, dear God. Like, why are you crying? You did the right. shit. Why are you? Why do you get to cry and feel bad? And why is it my responsibility to make you feel better about being and yep. like about like a learned behavior? Like, it's probably from your house. Like you think about it, look at all these right. pictures from like 1964, 1963, like different things during the civil rights era. And you look at those people in the picture, those people that are holding signs that are like colors go home. All of those racist yeah. signs. Those are people's grandparents that are living now. Those are people's parents. And this is not that far removed. My mom yeah. was born in 1964. Like these things aren't right. the far, far past, but people want to go into this mindset of, what is what is worthy of this never forget label and what do we have to get over like why are you telling us to get over Mm -hmm. this thing that we've never resolved and we can't resolve it because you're scared to talk about it because it makes you feel bad but while you're worried about feeling bad we're still being treated bad right we are still dealing with the ramifications not just in the street to go to the store or just to leave your house. I got followed by around CVS yesterday with a mask on, like just doing my business with my little shopping cart and I'm still getting followed around the fucking store. Right. Like these are things. It's not just in the store. It's when you're applying for a loan, you're trying to get a home, you're trying to get into a good college. And I mean, listen, Elon Musk can name his child a name that is exceptionally hard to pronounce, but that's you do you. But you're still telling me that you will not hire someone for a black sounding name. Right. Like those kinds of things that don't make sense. Those kinds of things that don't line up. That's why we talk about appropriation when it's like these are different things. Like I was mocked for this. I was told this was not glamorous. I was told this was not beautiful, but you're doing it and you're getting praised for it and taking credit for it. You're talking about you created bonnets like child, please. I got feelings on a lot of things that no, that's good. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, uh, 
so I grew up, I grew up, I'm here right now in the South, um, you know, going to church and, you know, very conservative circles. Um, I worked at a church coming out of college and, uh, and then I left that church and my opinions on church and all that is, that's a whole other, that's a whole other ball game. But one of the things that I've been like really, you know, just to vent our frustrations, like really just tweaked about whatever, whatever word you were just fucking pissed off about is um, right after George Floyd was murdered. Like what did every white pastor in the country do that Sunday? They had like a black person round table, right? Like, like, Oh, it's, Hey, we need to have a talk about race. And like, I don't know. I went, that shit pisses me off. I went off like, I went off on Facebook on something, a bunch of pastors cause I'm friends with them from back in the day. Come on. And they're like, well, no, I, th- I think you're, you're being really, you know, um, you're not, you're not showing much grace and, uh, and you know, people's hearts are in the right place. And, and you know, the people that we had up, they were really glad to be there. I was like, bro, like you were talking about a power differential. Like you can't, like, you, I don't know. It was like a whole thing. And it was so, it was so upsetting to me. Um, just to see that played out. Like there's so many things about churches that are not safe. Like we could go on about it forever, but like this place that is supposed to be safe, like worshiping a dude who is all about social justice and like, like raising people up and like, you know, not holding up the rich or the positioned or whatever and saying that that's what you're there about. Go. I'll just shut up. No, 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 no. I'm just angry. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like cut off your feelings. Oh, no, 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 no. I just, cause I would just keep, I would just keep rambling. It just, it just came down to that. And then like that, I, that continued idea of like asking black people to perform for, for us in our churches. Um, tell, tell me about your trauma, like trauma porn. Tell me about how you were followed in CVS. Cause I can't, if you just tell me I was followed in CVS, I can't just believe that racism, I need to hear it so I can cry about it and be, and, and like somehow recenter myself in the midst of your experience. Like it just, it's so, it's like sickening. And, and it's like one of the many, one of the many struggles that I have with, with the church. And I'm still a, a God fearing, God believing dude, but like, but the, the little ways, cause all this comes back as I was telling my wife, I was like, I remember when I worked at this church where this pastor got mad at me on Facebook. Like I remember after, uh, Ferguson, maybe I don't remember cause there've been too many, um, after somebody was murdered by police, like having that conversation with the church leadership, who should we ask to come up and speak? And, and like at the time I was, you know, I was like a 20 year old kid. I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. We're giving someone a voice. And like, like looking back, I'm like, that was such like a sick fucking conversation like okay which uh you know not 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 bob because people talk this way about him not jay you know we need to find a nice well-spoke it was just so racist the whole thing Mm -hmm. and and not even not even beyond the fact that none of these churches have then continued to have black people up giving them a platform it was like a one-off performative you know take my instagram selfie here i am with with the black people in my church look how cool and woke i am like i don't know it was just it's continued as this discussion has been going on throughout the country and and this discourse has continued. It's, it's something that has continued to frustrate me that it was so performative and I don't know, lacking substance, especially coming from people who are supposed to be people of faith. So coming from someone, my grandfather was the Reverend Charles Edward Blake. My family is deep dive into the church. My husband went to Duke. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, we have a lot of, seminary theology like yeah those it's it's a theological family but i can't rationalize and i had an issue with this at my former church where it was like 
I can't sit here and know that stuff is happening and know that there's going to be like a calming antidote to make these people feel comfortable about themselves. There's not going to be. And I mean, like we had a pastor who was pretty awesome. It was a dude and he Mm -hmm. like he would be like, hey, like I'm going to recommend this Tennessee Coates book to you. Like like telling like in the in church, telling people and it was controversial for a Presbyterian church, obviously. But sure. Yeah. My issue is, is that performative nature? Because if you think about the church, it is still one of the most segregated places in the country. Like when you think about church, it's like, oh, we called over a pastor from our black sister church. Like you think it's it's right there in their faces and they don't even understand it. And it's like, okay, well, we've got three black people in our congregation and we'll just call them up to sing Negro national anthem. Or like we'll do something where we just let them talk about their pain and then we're going to move on. Oh, we'll get a gospel choir together. That's going to be like 47 white people off beat. But like (laughs) it's this, this, Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're going to sit here and talk to me about how Jesus cared for the least among you, how Mm -hmm. Jesus was humble enough to do X, Y, Z. Jesus was humble enough to do this. Jesus was humble enough to listen. Jesus was humble enough to change and to like, how do you take that and the person that flipped over tables in the temple and then say that God is a God of prosperity? Like, and he like is here to like, you like, it's easier. What is it easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the gates of heaven? Mm-hmm. But still yep. think that like you crapping all over homeless people and poor people and taking this money that your family has probably been in a comfortable position since they were stable in slavery. And even if you you can go into a room and be white and still be OK. Like right. like that is just the thing. You're not going into a yeah. room. People aren't asking why you're there. You don't have to answer why you're there the second you walk into a door. If I walk into a church that's predominantly white, it's, oh, we have a visitor. Oh, we have a visitor. Like, I've walked into churches full of white people and been sneered at and had them just look at me crazy like I did not belong, side eyeing me during the service. And it's like, and you're calling mm-hmm. yourself a welcoming, God-loving Christian. Some of the most evil right. people I've met sit in church every Sunday, talking the most trash about people, being hateful. But that's not everybody, and I'm not. That's not to say that. Right. But you, for you to ignore that there is no one else in your church that doesn't look like you, and that if you do, they are tokenized and brought up to lead the research some people just want to go to church they don't want to lead your small group to talk to people who don't feel good about racism so they can feel good about themselves or you want me to go sit in a small group in the morning with this group of women that don't relate to me that i'm going to share my experience to who are going to then dismiss and try to disprove and play devil's advocate against my experience because it's not something that they understand and then smile on my face and say jesus loves you and i do too no you don't right you don't you care about Hmm keeping me on a fine enough line that I never go into the world and say that you're a racist. Right. And that's like, it costs nothing to grow. I mean, except Mm, some, like some uncomfortable situations, discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you have to acknowledge your bad behaviors to change from them. Like I've done some shitty stuff. Like I was a kid, I snuck out of my house all the time. I did all of those things. 
And yeah, a lot of it was in a reaction to, ooh, when we go into the racism in the school system, and you wonder why African-American females are suspended at a higher rate than most, and also African-American males. But that is from someone who was suspended, I'd say, 30 times in one year and in school suspensions and detentions for mostly dress code or for daring to challenge a teacher on a question. Right. But, you know, y'all ain't ready for that conversation. Like (laughs) That's that's part two. (laughs) Like these things, like all of these things are systemic. And until we start examining them, and that is in your gaming world also, until you Mm -hmm. are not looking at your table and being like, one of you, who wants to pat me on my back for my diverse ass show? For the one black person that I have on my panel, the one black guest that I've had. And like, no. It's always like one of five people, right? One of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is from Chimamanda Adochi Ngozi. And she says, racism shouldn't exist. So you don't get a cookie for helping it go away. Right. And it's like, no, you're not going to get patted on the back. I don't want to see hashtag black lives matter when you're not talking about shit you're not sharing black creators Mm -hmm. you're not saying anything you're not putting out charities you're not doing anything beyond lip service what are you showing me when all of your stuff is still uh, like just white people like you you don't know anybody that's the excuse that people use it's like i don't know anybody i don't know the number of times that people have snatched me off one of these lists and tagged me and been like, oh, follow Friday. You know, you know, black creators, you can find them if you needed to. You can give somebody yeah. an opportunity. You can give somebody yeah. a seat, but you can give more like this game that we're in for Dimension 20 is one of the most diverse games I've played in. And I am mm-hmm. playing with Rivals of Waterdeep on on Friday night. So that's extremely diverse as well. But this game where it's Brennan RDM and then it's like Matt and Marisha, but then it's a Bria and me and B Dave and Carlos. And yeah, to be able like outside of a star Trek game that I had, like I wasn't at a table with more than one black girl at a time. And there is something comforting in having someone like not being the only person that looks like you in a room and then being put on the spot and asked to answer for every black experience they've ever heard of even if you've never had Mm -hmm. it i can't tell you about living here or about this like because that's not my experience you're not going to tell me you're blacker than me because you've heard of something because no like you don't get to know like how culturally enriched i am like you don't get to dictate that by saying you know of some random song from 1987 and that makes you blacker than me like fuck out of here like we're not gonna talk about like knowing some songs about black culture watching some documentaries of black about black culture does not make you an expert in black culture enough to talk over a black person that is sharing their experience with you to input your understanding of it like this is an opportunity to listen and to hear and to like be present and learn something that could possibly make you grow instead of internalizing it and be like, this person is attacking me. Everything they're saying is at me. It's at me. Like they're telling me about something that happened to them. They are trusting me, creating this sphere of trust for me, them to give me a chance. Like this is an opportunity to let you in and for you to let us in. Like if we're sharing an experience with you, but if you're like, 
I just can't, I just can't take you seriously when you play the race card. I just can't take it seriously. And it's like, it's, do you think it's a card we want in our fucking deck that we have to? No, right. we just want to be able to exist yeah. and go through life and move the way we move and create and live and be present and be our whole selves without being called aggressive when we're being passionate or we're, if we're angry once, we're angry always. Like taking these things and these painting with these broad strokes of like, if you are one thing, you are this thing all the time. No, like mm. that is one of the joys for me of like our, of playing in these role playing games is that it's an opportunity for people to see different, like not like, yeah, a lot of my characters are like very vain, self-involved and self-obsessed with really great clothes, but we can't choose everything. But <laughs> there's also like these yeah. characters who cry or who are emotional or who get angry. Like I will allow a character to get angry because my characters, when, they, when I see it's for so many people, it's far fetched enough to see a black person in a fantasy setting, like in a D and D realm or mm -hmm. in a peasant dress or any of those things, because it's hard for you to like believe that we exist outside of your idea of black people starting in slavery. Like there's right. before that there, there's more to our history than just slavery. And that's why people, when they have you on their games and they're like, Oh, I'm going to introduce you as a slave or I'm going to introduce you as like, why? Like, why does that need to be my yeah. backstory? Fuck you. I come from a yeah. noble family. I'm bougie as fuck. And you're going to take it. And I'm going to be snide and snotty, or I'm going to be fun loving and I'm going to be sweet and I'm going to be engaging, or I'm going to be a little halfling who thinks she's You're like, going to be a person, yes, right? Like, I'm going to be a person. Yeah. And it takes me going into fantasy to have people see me as a person in another way other than just angry or this. Like, these are all the sides of me coming out through these characters that I get to create and walk through an experience as and hope that people see this character and finally have something they can relate to. Like have like, that's why representation in these stories is important. You have to be able to see people as more than one thing. You can't have this stereotypical black person in your thing in every turn. Like that's not right. who we are. You don't get to do that. Like you don't get to dictate, Hey, I see your character doing this, but you're letting everyone else have free reign to create these rich worlds. Where, yes, everybody may have a tragic backstory, but you don't, like, don't force one on me. Right. And right. I think that that's important to have these different people, to be ditzy, to be fun, to be busy, to be sad, to be mad, to be angry, to exist as your whole self. And games give that opportunity, and but we have to have a seat to, to be able to get to that place and you have to provide yeah. those and not just limit it to this is my one minority rotating seat. Right. Kind of segueing off that. And actually, you know what, before I segue, I do need to give a quick shout out, um, to, and man, I, I appreciate that. This has been such, this has been more than I was expecting and better than I hoped for. And I, I just appreciate the hell out of you. So thank you for being here. And I'm excited to keep talking with you. Um, I want to say a quick thank you to awesomedice.com, who's another sponsor of the show. They make awesome dice surprise. And if you want awesome dice, go to awesomedice.com, use the code roll persuasion at checkout to get some, uh, shiny clicky clackies and you too can roll an amazing natural 
three uh, with your awesome dice. You could also do that. So check them out. They support the show. We appreciate them. And uh, like I said, use that code Roll Persuasion. You get 10% off your order. And some of that comes back to help make this show happen as well. So thank you to them. Please make sure you check them out. Um, I want to segue on that conversation. I want to talk about Motherlands because it got announced like yesterday, I think is, is when it is when it kind of dropped. And, and it's like, it's a whole thing, right? It's like a, um, it's a setting, it's a game uh, that you're playing in. Um, Twitch is backing it. I think it's spearheaded by Tanya and just like an awesome group of creatives. Can you, um, Tanya, I need to get her on the show. So we'll, you should, she's fantastic. Yeah. I will, I will, I think she follows me for some reason on Twitter. So I'll message her and ask her if she'll come on. Um, but what can you tell me about, uh, about the motherlands and like what that show is going to be like, or, or just what that whole experience is going to be like for viewers? You know, that would be something that I could tell you if it was something that I knew had happened yet. If it was something that was like, there's a lot of really great people involved, a lot of great, and it's mm-hmm. an all POC developed from the development team to production. And I'm really excited about that. Tanya and I need diverse games have been adamant about creating that space. So this is an extremely full circle moment for mm-hmm. Tanya and I need diverse games and all the work that they put in to dr- like to driving divert like pushes for diversity and inclusion and to we now ha- yeah. like we have a table now like we shook the table and we got a table and I'm excited to see where it goes and uh, like I can't tell you a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know. Like I like going on right. and t- no, going no, on and talking totally about fair. a show that's like in development is one of those tricky right. things. It's like you don't like I don't like to spoil anything or well because I think the first something I, we're like a few weeks out. I think from like y'all's first episode of the of the show is that right? Mm-hmm. October fourth. October fourth. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll tweet it. Well, I've been tweeting about it already, but but keep an eye out because um. It's gonna be cool. So, but like, do you know much about like the the setting itself? Like what, like what the world's gonna be like, or is it full on? You're just going, or can you talk? I don't know. NDAs. I'm not sure what the rules are, but I'm just excited about it. That's really just all that's going on. I'm excited about it. It's gonna be an exciting project with some really awesome people, and we're going to tell a story that is going to engage and entertain, and hopefully, people will support it. Cause they say they want these games and we're giving them to you. And I'm just excited to see everything that kind of is birthed from it. This is going to be a really great experience. So yeah, it's in the, it's in the, it's yeah. in the pipeline though. So I'll say what I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well then, then let's, uh, let's double segue then off of that, like pirates of the lie then. Um, and I'm sorry, cause I'm trying to look here right now. Have you guys had your f- First, it's tomorrow. Yeah, or is that like coming up? It's like, oh yeah, okay, it's tomorrow. So cool. Yeah. So one more day, pirates. One more day. Uh, how how pumped are you? Like, or is and and when you when you play in a new game, is it always like exciting because it's a brand new game and a brand new group of people? Are any and more exciting than another for some reason? I think it's okay. So I've had a rough couple of months. It was the first thing that I was truly, truly excited about in like my grief state, like this thing that I had Mm. to look forward to. And I just remember sitting in this meeting with like these people I consider giants who I am also blessed to call friends that that I love that I'm sitting here on this 
thing with with it's like Brandon Lee Mulligan, Marisha Ray, and Matt Mercer, and fucking B. Dave Walters, Bria Iyengar, who's one of the most underrated bomb ass storytellers in all of D and D. She is a fantastic performer. She's got fucking range. Bitch is Mariah of range. Carlos Luna, who is just like. Carlos is designed to like touch your heart as a person in real life and as mm-hmm. a character in this game. Like he is just, mm. oh, he's just such a good person. And I appreciate him a lot as a person. So finally getting to play with him after knowing him as a friend is just fantastic. And I mean, the same for everyone that sits there. I love matt marisha as individuals as a couple as just as people because they are two of the most giving and kind compassionate people and so i am surrounded and don't get me started on brennan brennan is just fuck like brennan is brennan like i understand why there are yeah. hot brennan right activist accounts because like <laughs> he is just this full-fledged well-rounded performer and person and just yeah uh, all of these people like this was exciting for me like this was i am i just remember sitting there and i've been watching a like marathon of schoolhouse rock right and yeah it got to rufus xavier sarsaparilla and i was Mm. like (laughs) sarsaparilla and then i was like they were like what are you gonna do and i'd also just watched i feel like this is spoilers but i'm gonna say it anyway but because it comes out tomorrow so you'll know right so minimal spoilers there's this thing and i'm sitting here and i'm thinking about rufus xavier sarsaparilla from schoolhouse rock and i'm thinking about audrey from little shop of horrors and Mm -hmm. i was like i know exactly what i want to do i want to play barbarella sarsaparilla ganglin but you can call me bob and like that will like it just hit like it, yeah. it just hit different like just saying her yeah. name like that and it was i've never had like this clear i think the last time i had like a clear-cut moment like that with a character was regardless on saving throw like for iron keep chronicles mm-hmm. like that like valley girl saber tooth tire tiger like it was like like it's regardless but like regardless you can call me roar like just like they, they're <laughs> right anything it's the can be like what seems like the most absurd thing and i'm in love with it and i like that's where i yeah. am right now is i want people to love bob the way that i do because i would ride for bob like as for yeah. any of my characters that i've ever had i love ariza she's the first she's my boo but i will fucking ride for barbarella sesperilla ganglin like she is yeah I'm well, so and, and excited. One, and one day we all get to ride with her too. That's super exciting. I know, I'm so excited because of you. That's gonna be so great. And that's and that's the cool thing as a consumer of of all these shows is that like there's so many choices right now. And shoot, like like this month, like in the next three weeks, there are like three or four great new shows coming up. And it's like, fuck, I'm you know, I'm glad I'm just sitting at home every day because I have time. <laughs> so I can just watch all this shit. <laughs> It's awesome. It, it's exciting. It's a great time for, I think in like in times of darkness and tragedy, like that's people have creativity as an outlet. And so we're seeing mm-hmm. kind of like the, with the music that I've heard with the shows that have been created, the stories that have been told, like this is a 
big time of creation and that through that art we're healing and like it's a great time to be into games because there's going to be some healing stories told yeah and some battles and dragons yeah, no, nothing wrong with with having those uh, those fantasy outlets, you know, whether you're playing or whether you are watching, um, you're just chatting with people on Twitter or Reddit or wherever about like the cool stuff you're watching. It's great to still have a way to connect with the community over a story, right? Like stories bring us together in like such a unique way. So having so many great storytellers and so many awesome collaborations and like all of that happening right now, like, yeah, it's a great time for healing for sure. And if you really want to heal, watch the new episode of Pirates of Leviathan tomorrow on Dropout, 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 Dropout. Had to sneak that. Oh, for sure. Sneak that in there. Anytime. Feel feel free to, to sneak it right Are in. Are you in Alabama? Did we just discuss No, I'm in, tech. I'm, in, I'm in Texas. Oh. Oh. Sorry. I did drive sorry. through Texas. I drove from uh, Georgia to California when I moved out here. And like, oh, so you just kind of went through like the, the tip of bumfuck Egypt, I left Texas. the 4th of of October and got or 4th of November and got here like the 6th of November like driving across mm-hmm. country with my friend book and we got to Texas and it was the longest stretch of the drive it was just the most like it's true you went I mean you went through I know what part because I made the drive from Houston to LA or to uh Burbank before not Burbank uh yeah somewhere around mm-hmm. there so like yeah I, I know exactly what part you're talking about it's not the best it's better than Oklahoma I'll just put that out there but yeah. uh yeah, it's not great. It's just hard yeah. to like. It's just such a like long like. stretch. And I remember like I still like vividly remember like these factories on the side of the road with the red lights glowing and just uh Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, swing swing a little more south sometime if you ever feel like it. Usually when rest when there's not, you know, a zombie plague, uh we have really great food in Houston. So, I always tell people like if, you know, if restaurants are open and we don't have to wear masks like Come down and enjoy some food. But until then, wear a fucking mask. But then come to Houston and eat some great, great food. How is your tagline to get people to come to Houston? Not it's where Beyonce's from and Megan the Stallion. Get your life. Because like, because like, I don't know for some, like, I feel like a lot of people don't for whatever reason, like actually like equate Beyonce with Houston, even though they should, even though she BK is from Texas. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know why. Like, uh, and I, I am ashamed and, uh, to admit that I have never heard a Megan the Stallion song. So see, like, even to this point, like even on the most recent, like on me, like Beyonce's like Houston, like Beyonce is forever yeah. repping Texas and Texas just does not rep her. Like she should be rep. And Megan the Stallion also made an appearance on the great show. Good girls on NBC in this last season, which stars one of our favorite D and D players, Matthew Lillard. Oh, see. Uh, I, I, uh, what you're going to find about the more that you talk to me is that I just kind of regurgitate the same media that I consumed in high school. Um, so I'm unfortunately behind the curve on just about everything relevant unless it's like on Netflix. So I have this weird obsession with pop culture and pop, like whatever is going on, like cultural, like I, like I retain that, like I could have a whole conversation with you about everything that has happened on real housewives of Beverly Hills that like all of these things I can have a sit down, like educated yeah. conversation with you, but then I can switch it over and be like, did you see American greed? And like, they're like, it's a multitude. I'm not watching it, but I, yeah. I, I just retain I the dumbest me. parts of it. No, see like, like when people like that are like, Oh yeah. Pop culture tidbit. I'm like, I was there for the culture. I remember it popping 
I just don't remember the details. It was popping, yeah, but like, I wasn't participating. Right, right. Everyone else had Pogs, and I just kind of watched. <gasps> um, were you not a Pogs fan? No, I had Pogs. I thought you were saying you oh, didn't I, do I, Pogs. No, no, I was, I was the, reaching for the one pop culture reference <laughs> I could legit go for, Full which shame. was my motherfucking Pogs. Oh man, no, I was all about the Pogs. Pokemon cards went right by me, but Pogs, I was all in. On. I had one of the like gold Power Ranger slammers. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. Those things are so dope. Mm. I miss Pogs. Like, I don't understand how Pogs have not had the resurgence that they should have. But it's also, There's we can't something... trade right now. So, see, that's the thing. Like, that's what's appealing, right? It's a game you can play and you can trade, and there's like physicality to it. So, right now, what are you going to do? Like, at the Pogs app on your, on your Switch? Take your friend's like... Pogs. Right. Did you do that? Did you ever steal Pogs? Because I legit stole Pogs from my friends. No, I won them fair and square. I was a flipper, bro. Like, Mm-hmm. I like my grand. I think my grandpa took me to the comic book store, and they just had this big area in the back where you just get like pogs on pogs on pogs for like twenty five <laughs> cents. And I was like, "This is the yeah. greatest shit ever, bro!" Like I love like that. And I remember because it was the there was a Rugrats comic at the time too, so mm-hmm. it was like there was I got like a Rugrats comic, some random X Men comic, and like that's one of my favorite comic book store trips was to get pogs and like yeah not not like ugh, i don't know whatever it was ridiculous it was a great time just good stuff man well anything else anything else you have coming up that you want to that you want to talk about mention shout out uh i've got rise of the veiled alliance i think we're moving to mondays so that's pretty cool there's also like the cast that we had last season is now split on two different adventures but it's all tied to mm. the same adventure so half okay. of us are on one show and half of us are on Rise of the Veiled Alliance of City Inspire, and then there's the other Rise of the Veiled Alliance. So, like, it's gonna be pretty cool because we're gonna actually be able to do crossover episodes, and I'm very excited yeah. about that because I love crossover episodes. And like Mr. Peanut Butter, what is this? A crossover episode? Yes, yes, it is. So <laughs> that is what you're living for. I live there just for the joke. But yeah, I've got that uh, Pirates of Leviathan tomorrow. I'm going to be on the three black halflings on Sunday. So that's pretty exciting for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've got D&D celebration this weekend. So I'll be playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a panel with Dr. B on uh, fighting invisible dragons, dealing with mental health at four on Friday, yeah. followed by the rivals of Waterdeep game from five to seven. And then on Saturday for a little bit because my baby turns one on Saturday. So I'm only doing like I have like one little thing that I have to do for like an hour. But I'm really excited about it because it's a bard panel with Critical Bard and Kelly. Yeah, yeah, and I'm that. very excited. Mm-hmm. Amazing people. Great. It's going to be a good yeah. time. And also I get to turn my house into Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So that's exciting. Mm. Mm. All the good things. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. Well, that is awesome. And uh, those of you. Listening on the podcast version of this, we'll have links to that in the show notes uh, for you guys watching on Twitch right now. Make sure that you are checking Christina out on or her Twitter, which I think we dropped earlier. But if I take a second, oh, look at that. Fluffy is on it. So just look at Fluffy's uh, messages and chat. Shout out to Fluffy for being an awesome mod. Um, yeah, so check her out. Support everything she's doing. Support all the awesome shows. We got time to watch content right now. So do it because it's going to be awesome. And uh, we're about to cut it short here. but. A quick shout out to my Patreon supporters. Thank you to those of you who support my Patreon. I see some of you in chat right now. 
y'all are fantastic. You guys know that on the podcast version of this, unfortunately, we haven't figured out a, a secret way to do it live, but on the podcast version, you will hear the special Zone of Truth segment where Christina and I keep talking about something. Maybe we'll just talk about pogs for like 10 or 15 more minutes. I don't know. But we like to chat on the Zone of Truth about just things my guests are into, hobbies, uh, things they enjoy, stuff they're excited about. You, what are you excited about right now outside of D&D? Is there like a show you're super into or a game you're playing or just something cool that you're like, oh, I'm real excited about this. Putting you on the spot. What am I really excited about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Therapy. Therapy. My wife is a mental health therapist. I'm always excited about therapy. So uh, I say that's what we're going to chat about if, if you're being serious. And that's what we're going to talk about. Oh, I'm dead serious. Talk a little bit about. I never joke about my mental health. Well, sometimes I do. Amen. But only mine. Men. And then that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about therapy. If you support the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, then you can get access to all those zone of truth segments. Uh, we've had cool conversations with all sorts of great people. Uh, Satine talked about the Dresden files. Kyle Newman talked about uh, Arsenal soccer. Um, other people talked about other things that I don't remember right now, but all the guests have really cool things they love to chat about on the zone of truth segment, which you can check out at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. So, uh, I think that's it. I think that I think that's what we call a live stream. Nothing crashed. The audio seemed to work. I, I say it's a win. I feel like we won. We won. We won this day. So with that, guys, we'll we'll wave you out. Thank you so much. Uh, keep an eye out. Um, KP Eleven Studios, awesome cosplay photographer, super cool dude. Uh, you should be following him on Twitter. He will be one of our next live streamed episodes, probably coming up end of September. So we'll be tweeting about that. Um, just a beautiful human being so that I am super excited to have on the show. So keep an eye out. That will be uh, next in a couple of weeks. Shout out again to Hero Forge for making the show happen. Oh, look, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring some music in. Yeah. Here's that outro music. Um, we're so excited to get to be able to do the show. Coming up on one year anniversary of the Roll for Persuasion podcast. I'm going to be doing something... I don't really know what, but it will probably involve getting as many of my guests to jump on a Zoom call at once as possible and just celebrate the fact that we've been doing the show for a year because it's been super cool to get to talk to super cool people. Christina, thank you so much for being on. I'm looking forward to chatting more in just a minute. Um, guys in chat, thank you for joining. Thank you for watching. The VOD will be up later. Uh, you can follow me at Roll Persuasion. I keep looking at the computer like you guys know I'm looking at you. You're right here. Uh, Roll Persuasion on Twitter and Instagram. I love chatting with you guys there. Um, until next time, though, guys, enjoy your games. Mm -hmm.